So I'm probably five minutes early, but I thought I would get all the announcements out of the way, and then um, <clears throat> we would be close. Appreciate everyone being here. Good to see you today. And um, next weekend is Memorial Weekend, right? Memorial Day. And um, we'll, everything will be normal here for our services. We'll have snack check at 10 and then our worship service at 11.15. And um, then you'll be able to be on your way and uh, if you're going to go to the lake or whatever, whatever you do for Memorial Day. Um, but we are looking forward to it. And that also is connected with Pentecost Sunday. And uh, that is just a, a, a good opportunity for us to talk about the promises of God and what God wants to do in every life. Amen. He wants us to have the Holy Ghost. Amen. And great to see you here today. I do want to say um, we're praying for a number of requests. Let me just, I have two written down here. Uh, Brother Buck, tell me, uh, wait, I do have it. Um, Ike and Sheila McNutt, this is a family that Buck knows, and uh, he has been hurt through an injury, and uh, just asking the Lord to touch and heal his body, to give him health. Uh, Ruth Miley, uh, very sick with COVID. Uh, this is someone Susie brought to us. And then lastly, um, uh, Anna Little, uh, my cousin's wife having surgery on her Let's lift up that family. We want the Lord to bless them. Uh, other requests that you might make mention of right now? Uh, Sandra? All right, pray for Sandra's son and wife. Yes, Lee. Yes, Andrea. Want God to touch Denny. All right, remember Dennis. Today, the Lord would help Debbie. Yes, okay. Praise the Lord, Providence family. Hallelujah. Good to see you all. Is all the, is the storm over with? All last week? A little? Some of it's over? All right. Praise God. Well, yes. We're praying for David. I, I just had enough to know that uh, Sherry said that they're doing some testing and working with David. And um, uh, just to know that God has his hands in David's life and is helping him. Just pray for him that the Lord would lift him up. Um, I don't have anything in specifically, but I certainly want the Lord to touch his body and uh, to help him with all their decisions they need to make. All right? Anyone else? Yes, Elon. All right, yes. We want God to help us. Amen. We want good things to happen. Why don't you stay to your feet? I promised the Lord today that we would, I, I would praise the Lord, and so I'm kind of inviting you to join me right now. But before we pray, what an awesome chance to be able to lift up our hearts and our hands to heaven and begin to praise him because he's a good God today. I don't know what you're going through, but I'll tell you what, he's a good God. He's on top of it. Amen. You can trust him today. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Oh, Lord, we worship you.
Praise God. We are excited about what the Lord wants to do in this place today. There's so much resting on our shoulders of faith that if we would just say yes to God, if we wouldn't put any restraints on him, if we would just know today of a surety he wants to bless you and take care of your needs and meet your needs, if we could just launch out into the deep for just a moment today and trust God like never before, I'm telling you, no matter what is preached, no matter what is sung, no matter what happens, the Holy Ghost will move in your life. Amen. It doesn't have to be some big spectacular thing. God just needs to whisper a word. God just needs to talk to us today. And when that happens and you say yes to God, something happens in the spirit world. Oh, amen. And what happens in our world today first happens in the spirit and then happens in the physical. Amen. And so today we are anticipating, though we don't know what the week holds, we know who holds this week. Though we don't know what trials we're going to go for, we already know our God has got everything under control. It doesn't matter what this week holds or throws at us. We can trust him and he is mighty. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We want our musicians and Brother John to come. Anyone, a quick testimony? God is so good. Catching you off guard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Good job. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good to see everybody today. See all our visitors today. We serve a mighty God. A mighty God. I've seen him move the most impossible mountains in my life. I've seen him do it. I believe in him. I believe in him with my whole heart. I got a scripture I'd like to read out. Can everybody say revival? Can we keep on saying that? Revival? Revival. Revival. That's what we need. Everybody needs a revival. Everybody needs a revival. What's the first step to revival? All in. Got to go all in. If you want to have a revival, you got to go all in. All in. Psalms 138 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you revive me. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I'm the work of his hands. You're the work of his hands. Amen. He's not going to forsake you. He wants to revive you. By any means necessary, he wants to revive each and every one of us. And I'm not a man that has very many talents. I need bailing wire and duct tape, and I can just barely keep it going. But I'll keep it going. That may be my talent. But I know one thing I can do. I can offer up praise, true praise and worship to God at any opportunity. And it changes things. 
it changes things. You start worshiping and praising God and giving Him some glory, acknowledging how great and mighty He is in your life, and it will change things in your life. If you don't, not a whole lot of change. But when you do, change starts. And if you didn't yesterday, don't worry about it. You can do it today. Today, His mercies are new. You can do it today. You can start giving Him praise and worship. So today, if we all stand, Brother Isaac, get ready to take up tithes and offering. We're going to give God our all today. We want revival in this church. We need to just worship God, give Him the glory, and we'll see revival in this church. We'll see revival in every individual. That's right. Praise the Lord. Let's all worship and sing to God today.
Thank you, Jesus. You are so good to us, God. We lift you up, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness.
Praise the Lord. Sister Renee, she's got a song to sing. You know, I felt led to do this, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to upset either one of them, but if, I, if the Ericsons could come down here to the front, I'd like for the church, all of us together around them, and just lift them up in prayer, pray for them, and bind together, and, uh, you know, there are, there are spiritual leaders, and, and uh, they minister the word to us, and uh, we need them to be strong, and God's going God's gonna to help them. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise your name. How's the Bible? How's it say it? With, with 1,000 falls, where two, there's 10,000 falls. So we want to bind together. Bind together. There's strength in numbers today. We're going to be victorious. We've got God on our side. Praise the Lord. God bless Sister Renee and sing with her if you know it. If you don't, you can hum it. God bless her. Hate to tell y'all this, I'm singing to the Lord, not to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue in heaven and 
Lord, Brother Erickson. Looking forward to hearing the Word of God preached to us today and where the gospel preach, where the gospel's preached. Hearts can repent. People got the feeling the need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. People receive the Holy Ghost. We're just going to preach the gospel. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. So thankful to be a part of the church in Chelsea, Oklahoma. Amen. A great group of people that love God, that wants his kingdom to grow, that's not so worried about their pew, but they're willing to share it. And I appreciate that both so much. And um, I'm going to start having you all move to different pews so you'll keep sharing that pew too. <laughs> Amen. Great to have all of our friends and loved ones, family members, guests. And um, I'm thrilled over at the church and that you all are here and all the Lord is doing. Turning your attention this morning to Genesis chapter 22, beginning with verse number 5. I want to read, um, uh, we should have scriptures on the screen here. Uh, Going to read through the story of Abraham and um, want to preach to you just to, for a little while today. Uh, I believe a message the Lord gave me this week. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sands which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Amen. Notice here in verse uh, 17 and 18, the blessings that the angel speaking for the Lord 
said to Abraham are exactly what God promised Abraham in Genesis 12. And here we are again, God waiting for something from Abraham in order for his will to be performed in his life. Blessings are not just a rubber stamp I used to get when I go to a dance at the high school back BC before Christ in my life. I could prove I paid my dollar or whatever it was and, and I had the rubber stamp. No, 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 no. This thing is a work in growth in your life. And I'm telling you today, if you think that you got it and that's all you need, you are sadly mistaken. My God is looking today for an answer that will take care and meet the need because God truly wants to pour out his blessings upon this church, but he has to do it first individually before he will do it collectively. And I pray that right now. I want to preach to you today about the sacrifice only with a knife. Only with a knife. Some things we do for God, you can't backtrack on. When you commit yourself to God, the Lord is wanting an answer that is not just for today because you're in a fix. Lord, I'll do it if you'll just get me out of my trouble. That's what Jacob said, but God brought him back there again, even after he poured the oil upon the rocks and said, this is nothing less than the house of God. But they brought Jacob back again until he finally said, this is the God of the house of God. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, I pray that you bless the word right now. Lord, by the authority of the word, in, Lord, sync with the Spirit of God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to every one of us today, that your will would be done, and, Lord, that you would do a mighty work, for we ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. So bear with me for just a few moments. I won't, don't think I'm long, but I want to cover several points. <clears throat> Jeremiah said that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who? can know it. Proverbs 16 and 25 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Jeremiah 10 and 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. I think we need to make and come to some conclusions today that if you don't have the Holy Ghost working in your life, you are sadly in trouble. You're going to be going down the sea of, uh, of just a world, following, having no direction, no compass, no purpose. And they're just like a bunch of people floating down the river, not knowing that they're soon they're going to hit the Niagara Falls and perish to their death. But someone today, if you could ever realize today, God wants you to be a part of your plan of salvation. He wants you to have a yay in your yes to God. And he wants you to have a nay when you need to say no to the world. God wants there to be a reaction that his people have because we are the people of faith. 
in our pursuit of God, how, how do we get past our flesh? I mean, I just got through reading enough verses to you to let you know that you can't trust your thinking. If we're talking about spiritual things, you may have great logic, you may have great parents and a great upbringing, you may have a tremendous job, you may have gone through for some tremendous education, but understand me, when we're talking about the things of the Word of God, which is salvation, you are sadly mistaken, for no flesh will glory in His presence. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. How do we give ourselves to the Lord and feel like that we have given our all? How do I come to that place in my altar where I find and see God and I get beyond it just being my day-to-day -day habit, Brother Kevin? I do it, I pray every day, try to, and, and I try to be faithful at that. But when does it break off and I finally say, God, I'm not just here because I'm supposed to be. But I'm here because I want some things to change in my life. I'm here because I need to be transformed by the power of God. I need something more. I thank God for Sunday. I thank God for Wednesday. But I'm in that place of prayer. And I need God to move in my life. How do we? How can we even know in ourselves what God requires? For our, the flesh knoweth not the ways of the Spirit, nor the Spirit of the flesh. Therefore, Paul said they are constantly in conflict with each other. Warring. Well, it comes down to the fact of faith, doesn't it? But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, not seen. For by it, the elders uh, obtained a good report. That's what Abraham did. Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, faith will always acknowledge God in your life. Faith is not that I'm going to have a new car by the end of the year. Faith is what God is doing in my life. Amen. Faith is always attached to God's promises. How can we ever hold to God's way? How can we ever know what pleases God except that we believe what he said and we hold to those things? Faith always requires you to do something seemingly opposite of the norm. A decision-making process that allows you and forces you to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my normal habits, but God, I'm going to change my habit in order for your will to be done in my life. Always there will be obedience required in faith. You will never come to the place where you can simply say, oh, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, I believe he came as a, sin, uh, as a sinless man. I believe he came as a perfect sacrifice. I believe uh, that they crucified him and they did wrong in Rome. I believe uh, that they put him in a tomb that was borrowed and they rolled a stone and sealed it. I believe on the third day he rose again. And yet I've never committed myself to anything yet. 
You see, faith is not simply acknowledgement in my brain. It is a process that requires me to do something today. The scripture opens up with chapter 22 by saying that God wanted to tempt Abraham. Now, that word tempt there is, I feel like, misplaced. I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says that God tempts no man. So maybe there's a better word for that. Uh, actually, the tempt in this, in, with, the, with the Hebrew, means to prove Abraham. He wanted Abraham to make some steps. He wanted Abraham to grow. Abraham, in order to fulfill the promises of God that he gave to him in, in Genesis 12, was going to have to go through a Mount Moriah that we see and read about today. Why? Well, because of all of God's blessings, it's possible to believe in the blessings and forget about the God who gave them. It's possible to say, give me, give me, give me. And that's enough. God, you do your thing and I'll do mine. But you see, God is not like that. He wants us to build a relationship. So whatever he blesses you with, ultimately ought to bring you around to thankfulness, ought to bring you around to reconciliation where you are right with him and your heart seeks him. Amen. To see what Abraham would do. Oh, God, that's kind of unfair, isn't it? Well, what do you think he's doing in your life? You say you're a Christian? You say you believe God? You say you've been born again? What are you doing? Show me today. No, you don't have to show me because I'm just another man that needs to prove to God myself. But show to God today your act of faith by what you're doing for God's kingdom. Abraham could have, you know, God, I appreciate what you're saying here, that you want me to take my son, my only son, Isaac, to a place that I will tell thee of. Didn't even tell him Mount Moriah yet. And there, I want you to offer him up for the sacrifice. His son was clueless. He's asking Dad along the way, Dad, got the wood? Got the fire? Where's the lamb? No, this was between God and Abraham. And Abraham plots the direction, gets his servants, takes all the provisions he would need, and they begin to trek to a place that God would show him of. And there, when he gets to that place, that lonely uh, mountain hilltop, and there uh, Abraham began to take the rocks and build an altar. And there he began to place the wood and arrange it so that it would be able to consume the sacrifice. And then the next thing the Bible says, he took Isaac and, and wrapped him and, and roped and tied him together so they could not uh, get away. And he laid him on that altar. And now he takes that last thing the Bible talks about. He takes that knife. And now, uh, because he's not going to start a fire until after the sacrifice, there are no sacrifices that live in the Old Testament. Abraham brought a knife because he knew something was going to have to die. 
And he rose up that night that day, ready to take his son, his only son's life. Why? Because he believed somehow that God was going to make it right, that all of God's promises through his seed were going to be fulfilled, and God was going to have victory. My friend Abraham did not understand. He did not comprehend all that God was doing. He just was faithful. He just obeyed God. He just did what he's supposed to. Would he obey the Lord? Or would he talk himself out of his victory? Would he use something or someone as an excuse? I can't today, my... You know, my half-son's got a toothache. Would he resort to a safer plan? Well, we'll go and we'll, we'll take an extra lamb along with us and try to get God to accept that first. A little of God and a little of my own thinking I'll just try to eke out my best walk with God that I can have. I'm preaching today that there is no sacrifice without a knife. You can't just join the crowd. You can't just be one of the players. You can't just be operating by peer pressure. Yes, my brother and sister, one night I went there to punch his lights out because he sent me a Christmas card that was so horrible. My son, my brother, my mentor, the one I loved. Yeah, you can tell him I said this the next time he comes. <laughs> Send in that Christmas card, Kev. It's too bad you're living for Satan and I'm living for Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go to heaven and you're going to go to hell. <laughs> no joke. I went to their house. I was mad. I was so mad at him. I'm not. I'm not a fighter. You all know that. But I. But I mean, I just literally was thinking about punching them. They didn't give me a drink. They didn't let me sit in a nice, easy chair. They just stood there in their living room with a Bible and said, Kev, look at this. Look what the Bible says. Uh, we've never seen this before. We never took all these scriptures and put them together. Did you know our God is one God? And, and it began to show me these things. And you need to repent of your sins and really get your heart right with God. And then you need to be obey God and get baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, it's not for religion, Kevin. It's because God said you have to do it and somewheres in your salvation somewheres in your sacrifice today you are going to have to bring a knife and say I'm all, I'm all in I'm all in I'm not going to hold back appreciate it brother Foster's analogy but let me, let me keep it to sacrifices today not your chips <laughs> And you could tell him I said that too. <laughs> I love my brother and my brother-in-law. I'm kidding. But here it is. Listen, God was waiting for a response. For you to tell me today that the Lord said, well, okay. You know, he's trying. He comes sometimes. 
He's not faithful to the church, but he, he shows up some. Somewhere along the line, God said, what sacrifice am I going to require for Abraham to be that vessel that will change a world? For we be Abraham's seed, Galatians 3 says, if we have faith in Jesus Christ. When that man had that walk with God that day, he wasn't playing uh, for just himself. He already realized God had placed upon him that, upon that, that he would affect nations, that he would change his world, that his decision process would be dynamic. It would move God to bring about something. And the Bible talks about that there was a dispensation or a period of time of, of God's gospel that was preached in Abraham's day. What did it mean? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. There's got to be today. You've got to realize that the Lord waited for there to be proof that what Abraham intended to do is what he followed through on. What he committed and said his family, honey, I'm taking Isaac, and we're going to go up to the mountain, wherever God, he hasn't told me yet where. I'm going to be gone for several days. Plan on coming home. Keep things going while we're gone. He told his servants, I and the lad go to worship, but we will return again. Abraham had such an intense faith. He stood on God's word in his life. He knew what God had promised. He already knew what the Lord had said. And my God does not lie. And so he stood on that word. He walked by faith. He waited on God. And he said, God, I don't understand how you can have my son be the seed that will leach and, and save a world. And yet you're calling on me to take his life right now. But whatever, God, I'm trusting you. And that day, Abraham raised that knife, and the angel called from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, whoa, stop, stay, don't do anything else. Now I know that you love me. My friend, we're living in a world where we can operate this church simply on the basis that we're a United Pentecostal Church, international organized church, and that we're just keeping up with, you know, the Joneses. We're just keeping up with, with um, people uh, in you know, headquarters and doing what's required of us. Uh, my friend, we got to go far beyond that. Uh, and we got to start doing some things here because our faith is in Jesus Christ. And we are doing it according to the promises of God. And he is going to bless you. How many wants blessings in your life? I'm talking about beyond. I'm not talking about millions. Maybe, but maybe not. What, but what ha would happen if I could just have you have such a walk with God that you don't fear death, that you don't worry about being single, that you don't worry about having all your responsibilities, that God can move into family and, and help you and bring things around? That God could take our dreams and sometimes they're squashed by reality and things that we face. And yet he can become my hope and my stay. 
Oh, what would happen if there was a God today who said, you know, that Chelsea Church just gets beyond uh, the organization and will start living for God because they love me and they want to know me and because they desire a spiritual walk with God. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour out a blessing you're not able to contain. I'll do something in your life that you never thought was possible. We can't just play church. Somewheres, if you're hearing the preaching of this word today, if you'll just receive the letter of it, I, I, there are much better preachers out there. But hear the message today. If you would just allow yourself to make some decisions for God today, where you say, God, I'm going all the way. I'm giving you my all. I'm not going to hold back any longer. I've tried to follow my own path, but I, it's not in man to know the way. I, I've tried to be, you know, a good, good guy, but all have sinned, and, and I keep sinning, and I, I haven't gotten any better, really. And we can, we can try all these different angles. We can try all these different substitutes, all these different systems that go around the key. But Jesus said, do you love me, Peter? Do you want to know me? Do you want something to happen in your life because of your relationship with God? Not just your affiliation. Because of your love for God. Not just because it's normal jargon dogma. I can just tell you God required it. He was waiting for there to be proof. And then he stopped the hands of Abraham and said, now I know. And because now I know, now I'm going to pour out this blessing upon you. I don't know how to explain it, that, that it's the same blessing that we see in, in Genesis 12 when God first called Abram to come out of his father's uh, house, out of his out of this former country. I will make of thee a great nation. Your enemies will be my enemies. I will go before you. I will be the way and the truth and the life. That's what the promise was. And God today, I feel like wanted me just to tell you, the message isn't a knife that we take a human life. The message of the knife is that we would take away something that we're trusting in instead of God. Something that we has been a conflict with what I know the word of God promises if I would just believe. And you say, I'm not sure I know what that is. Well, just pray about it. Just keep your heart open to God. I'm not preaching to bad people today. Please don't, don't feel like I'm attacking you. I don't mean to be that way. I want you to realize that this story is all about Abraham taking a step in God that was so powerful that this was the changing point. This was the transformation. This was the place. There were always things 
in our, in our lives that offer to us to take a step in God. Repentance. Not that you didn't repent before, but today maybe you need to repent about something. What a great place to start to clear the air with God, to have a conscience clear and devoid of defilement. Sometimes it's obedience we need to obey. Did you ever notice in Malachi that, that the Lord spoke to churchgoers and said, I don't know why, but you have gotten way off base. If you're expecting me to bless you and do great things in your life, you haven't yet done what you're supposed to. But God didn't condemn them. He said, I offer you a solution. Follow through on the law. Give your tithes and your offerings as, as is appropriate under the word of God. And see whether I will open up into you the windows of heaven and will pour you out a blessing that you are not able to contain. Yeah, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives. God is just waiting for us to be, say yes to him. And finally make the decision that, that sacrifice with the knife where we finally say, it seems like I have more money, I'm, I mean more bills at the end of my money, but I'm going to do what God asked me to do because his word is so clear on that. And if I do, I'm going to trust the Lord that he can provide. Too many stories out there today, friend, of how God did incredible things in people's lives all because they put God first. So I preached hard at us today, trying to get you to realize that if we're satisfied with a little bit of God and a little bit of me, that's going to fall short of what God requires. We have to bring our life today and start living our life where we have more of Jesus and less of me. That's what John the Baptist said he came for. He said, I must become lesser and he must become greater. Our goal today is to take every one of us who each of us has our problems, all got our strengths and weaknesses. Sometimes our strengths are our weakness because we trust in our own flesh. And we finally come and say, God, I'm going to do this your way. I'm going to submit my life. I'm going to be that Christian you want me to be. I'm going to be faithful and watch God bless you. Nothing less than a knife will do when we really offer God things. Not because God doesn't have enough lambs, <laughs> sacrifices, but it's because He's waiting for that willingness of an individual that says, not my will, but thy will be done today. Would you stand with me? Chelsea, I don't want you to, I don't want to play church. This year, I'm hoping your pastor shapes up. <laughs> I'm hoping he becomes more and more purposed and focused. Not only that God would work in my life, and in my family, but also in the church and in the work of God. 
and as we see people come in and in lives influenced, we, we are going to be in a position ready to offer them something that is valuable because we know what it means. We aren't saved by good works, lest any man should boast. We are saved by obedience to his word. And that's what I'm preaching today. The sacrifice was something God already ordained. He already said what it would be. Now it's up to Abraham to either say yes or no. I'm all in, or God, let me have an excuse another way. I believe that's the way the Lord deals with us. Because Lord knows it's easy to follow the world. But today, whatever Danita is doing and whatever is happening in Miami and whatever's happening in, in uh, Claremore doesn't have anything to do with what's happening here. Other than the fact that we know that we God wants his will to be done and lives to be changed. What do you say, Chelsea? Will you join with me today? Would you make your yay to be yay and your nay to be nay? Would you honor all the things of God in your life like never before? What does the Lord require of thee? He wants us to be a Christian today. God wants us to be. I want to, as, as we sing this song, I want to open this altar. And I, I said in, in our snack check today, I hope that we as a church can come more and more as a whole to the altar. Because I just feel like this message wasn't just for one or two. I know I'm preaching to Kevin Erickson today. And I've got, I want something to happen. And I can fetter, fretter and, and worry and, and be consumed with worry and fear. Or I can go straight and have that place in God that is so valuable and know that he will take care of me and help me. Amen. So I go to the rock. Amen. I go to the rock. sing that today. I will give you all.
If you could just remember, I'm not sure how I would rate the quality of this message, but oh, the true scriptures are so true. If you would just realize that God set this up so that Abraham could win. When God brings you to something in your life, it's not to hurt you. It's not to penalize you and to cast you down. It's to give you the opportunity to make a step in God that you may never have known before. Amen. All the promises of God in your life are just waiting to be revealed. But there is something about us being that vessel God can use today. Oh, I pray the second thing we would learn is just simply God wants us to take what we give to God seriously. We, we, can't, we can't just uh, beat around the bush. We can't wait for God to come up with some other way. When, we did, when Abraham did his part, God brought a sacrifice caught in the thicket that Abraham could use. And truly, he came back with his son from worshiping God. He came back to his family and to his home. He came back to be that great nation God had ordained him to be. We are not saved by works today. We are not saved by how big your sacrifice is or how big mine is. We're saved today by our willingness to be totally committed to what we do with God. That's the real issue I want you to catch today. Abraham became our example so that we could go on and we could touch lives all around us. And oh, the world will see your dedication. They will see your integrity with God. They will see your commitment to what God is doing. And they will say, I want to be a part of that too. Amen. God bless you. Hope that you'll have a wonderful day today. And um, so good to have each and every one of you all today being here. Amen. Do great things for the kingdom this week. Pray and ask God, uh, Lord, help me to be on target with you and all that you want me to do. Amen. God's not asking you to take your son and offer him up today. He just wants you to say what he's asked you to do. Be willing to do it. Amen. God bless you today.